0: Spencer Linton and Jason
1: Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, January 12th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us once again. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who I believe just applied for the Alabama offensive coordinator position, Jason Shepard. And send, yes. (laughs) Look,
2: I I hear it's available. Look, Steve Sarkeesian, he's now officially a Texas Longhorn today. And boy, did he go out uh, on top, right? How
1: excited are Texas fans right now? Based on all the tweets coming from the Texas accounts last night, it's like it, it's it's time. Tweeting out, Doctor Evil, yes, yeah, g- come give me a hug.
2: <laughs> How many times, by the way, during the broadcast last night did did the did they mention the fact that uh, oh look look Sark he was all in tonight. He he wasn't overlooking anything. He wasn't he was like they were trying to make sure that that Nick Saban knew that Sark was doing
1: his job. <laughs> like don't get mad at him. He was he was here. He was fine. What a ride for Steve Sarkeesian, man. <laughs> offensive coordinator at USC, national championships under uh, Pete Carroll, then goes to Washington to USC, kind of goes off the radar, has some, some personal struggles, but has worked his way back. National championship, offensive coordinator at Alabama, now he's going to be the head coach of Texas. Head coach of Washington, USC, and Texas. That
2: is not bad at all. And offensive coordinator at Alabama. You're throwing in a couple other And nas- USC. It's just, it's unbelievable that you've got multiple national
1: championships, and this is former BYU quarterback Steve Sarkeesian. That's just awesome. Steve Sarkeesian is the only way that Texas can beat BYU, Jason.
2: Look, I have said this, yes, you're right. <laughs> I have said this many times on this very program. I believe Steve Sarkeesian is the most underrated BYU quarterback of all time. Really? I do. I, underrated? We, see, I, I rate him. I appreciate see, I don't, him. See, but. I don't think a lot of people put him up there. I think they recognize what he did, especially the, the Cotton Bowl season, that 96 season. We, we all remember that. I still don't think he gets enough credit for what he did
1: as a BYU quarterback. He okay. was phenomenal. Okay. For me, it's John Walsh. Okay. We should have that conversation another day. Mark it down for April, May, June. Uh, well, Let's uh, let's hope that that's our dead time. The most underappreciated. But it doesn't come a little earlier, just like in twenty twenty. Oh, so true, <laughs> so true. No positive thinking. Yes. Here's your Tuesday show resume. In uh, light of Jason applying for a new job, BYU football receives its fourth best postseason ranking ever. Great, right? Should it have been a little bit better? And do the Cougars deserve a preseason ranking for the approaching fall? A man who finished his senior season in the top 15, Dennis Pitta, will join the show. Hey, we found time for him. Jerem's not here. Jerem's not here. Go figure. Is he joining his BYU buddies to coach high school football in Arizona? Plus, Caleb Lohner and his fashion swag preview, BYU basketball at St. Mary's. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation Headlines. Well, Spencer was just mentioning it. The 2020 college football season officially done. The final
2: AP poll was released after the national championship game where BYU finished at number 11. It's the first time in 11 years, funny enough, that BYU has finished a season ranked in the AP poll.
1: BYU quarterback Zach Wilson named the co-recipient Of the 2020 Polynesian College Football Player of the Year Award, Wilson sharing the award with USC safety Talanoa Hufanga. Pro Football Focus has Wilson second on their NFL draft big board. That doesn't necessarily mean he'll go to the Jets, just the second best available player on the big board. Released this morning by Michael Renner, by the way, Wilson sits behind only Clemson's Trevor Lawrence. You're wondering about Brady Christensen, the BYU offensive lineman and consensus All-American, is 84th on the big board, 11th best tackle. Now that's interesting. More on that later. According to the latest ESPN Bracketology,
2: BYU basketball is the fourth team out. So let's check our Cougar daily rankings on all of the platforms. Mm-hmm. Ken Pom. 65, so no change from yesterday. Uh, The net is at 41, so no change there. BPI, BYU
1: at 41. They are down one in the BPI. When they beat St. Mary's, BYU will be top 40 in the net and BPI. And maybe, just maybe, if they have a solid offensive showing, they'll be top 60 in Ken Palm. The least important of those three, no, no joking, is the Ken Palm rating. It's just offensive and defensive efficiency. BYU women's basketball announces the hiring of former Cougar player Zojon Harry as the team's new director of operations. Harry played in Provo between 2011 and 2015. Abby Minor alder had an
2: incredible performance in the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference, securing three separate awards, earning Gymnast of the Week, Vault Specialist, and Floor Specialist. Minor alder ended the meet with a combined score of 39.275, putting BYU at a second-place finish overall.
1: The ladies ranked number 17 opening up the gymnastics season. They lost to only number four Utah, who is a perennial powerhouse. The Red Rocks, of course, competing for national championships. Guard Young feels like this team, with this start, that they're going to climb, they're going to take the next step. And it's just, he says that that step is finishing higher than we started the season. They've done that every season he's been here. Very impressive. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending.
0: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
1: BYU football finishes ranked number 11 and finishes ranked in the AP poll for the first time, as Jason just pointed out, in 11 years. Apparently it's the number 11. It's all about 11s. As our number of the day on BYU Sports Nation. Jason, what is your reaction to BYU finishing with the number eleven spot in the final AP top twenty five okay overall I was pleasantly surprised that
2: they got it pretty close <laughs> you know what I mean mm-hmm. like they, they got I think that overall they got it right and look you can pick apart certain th- things about it and I will certainly make my points as, as I make my comments here but I had almost prepared for the worst yesterday on the show we had talked about. I figured it would be anywhere between 10 and 15. Mm-hmm. I thought they certainly deserved to be closer to 10, and I think a case could be made that they were a top-10 team. I still believe that. The fact that they came in at number 11, I, I, I think that that's, that's pretty good. I can't argue that too much. I was surprised with a couple of things. Uh, I was surprised Coastal Carolina was three spots below BYU. Uh, that surprised me a little bit. Uh, and I also do not believe Cincinnati is three spots ahead of BYU.
1: Even after their performance against Georgia, when they dominated the game for two and a half quarters.
2: I I, I just I don't think there's that much difference between BYU and Cincinnati. In my own personal okay. opinion. You can you can disagree if you want, that's fine. Also, seeing Iowa State ahead of BYU with three losses still makes me a bit angry. <laughs> uh,
1: but overall but they beat the juggernaut Oregon in their bowl game. They but. beat four and three Oregon the de facto Pac-12 the, representative yeah. champion like
2: overall I'm okay with 11. Yes, I believe BYU was is a top 10 team, but overall I can't argue with that. Top 10 team would have been unbelievable, but cuz I and again, I think the case can be made, but you're finishing 11th. As we talked about the first time you're finishing that, you know, in it ranked in the AP top poll, AP poll in the top 25 in 11 years, that is such a major accomplishment for BYU. I, I, can't, I can't argue with it too much. Plus, I took a lot of satisfaction and joy in noticing that BYU was ranked higher than any Pac-12 school and they were the highest ranked team west of the Mississippi. <laughs> it was BYU and nobody else was close. I knew this
1: was going to happen. I called it yesterday. Oh, is Texas A&M west of the Mississippi? I guess technically it is. Yeah, but, they're yeah, in the but SEC. you know what I'm saying. You they're in the SEC, saying. west of the Rockies, thinking, right? Yeah, I
2: don't think of them as west, sorry. I apologize. X doesn't feel like a west No, it does No, it, does not, it does not feel like west to me. In the central time zone. we you get my point. Mountain and Pacific time zone. If we right? want to focus more on the highest ranked team above any other Pac-12, we
1: can go ahead and focus on that. <laughs> That's fine. I knew this was going to happen. I knew BYU was going to be number 11. I said it yesterday, and I said that I'd be totally bugged, and I am. I'm bothered that BYU is just outside the top ten because there is this allure of being in the top ten. And I want BYU to have it. I feel like they deserve it. Yes, it's fantastic that BYU is best in the West, in the Mountain and Pacific time zones, by ten spots. They're ten spots higher than USC at number 21. San Jose State's the only other team that finished in the top 25. It, it's kind of weird that there are only three teams in two time zones in the entire top I know, 25. It's pretty crazy. But BYU's the team by 10 spots over USC. This is the Cougars' fourth highest ranking in program history. How about that? The Miracle Bowl, Jim McMahon, Clay Brown after they beat SMU. Jason, they finished number 12. This team finished more or higher ranked than Jim McMahon's Miracle Bowl team? That seems a little bit crazy, doesn't it? Fourth highest ranking ever. I'd still put them at 10. Because I think BYU deserves, after playing 12 games, winning 11, having a statement dominating victory in their bowl game over UCF, which, by the way, UCF was 29. They were four spots out of the top 25, so it wasn't like BYU was beating just a pushover. I think they deserve it over Northwestern. A Big Ten team that lost twice and only played eight games. You tell me. 11-1 and BYU, 6-2 and Northwestern. And for the record, I think head-to-head, there's too much offensive firepower for BYU, and then they beat the Wildcats on a neutral field head-to-head. So that that bothers me a little bit. You know, I'm bugged. I think BYU deserved to be number 10. Uh, and what the heck? Somebody put them at 21? 21? Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's, that's ridiculous.
2: Whatever. That That's somebody with a, with a bias. <laughs> to, to be that <laughs> far off, that's... Yeah, that A Coastal
1: Carolina graduate. <laughs> that one's a little iffy.
2: All right, so moving on to topic two, now that we can officially look towards the 2021 BYU football season. Never too season, early. It's never too early, and we're doing it as early as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do the Cougars factor into the polls next year? According to the eight very early preseason top 25 polls that we have seen, they are nowhere to be found. So does BYU deserve to be ranked in the 2021 preseason top
1: 25, because right now they are not in any of the eight that we have seen. Deserved is such an interesting word, and as much as I want to say yes, they don't. They lose too much. They lose Zach Wilson, the sensational quarterback. They lose their best offensive lineman. BYU loses significant pieces on the defensive side of the ball with Troy Warner Chris Wilcox, Isaiah Kafusi. We're talking about significant leadership. And I know BYU brings back a lot, especially at the running back position. How nice is it to have Tyler Algier coming back? Yep. Lopini Katoa, Neil Pau, Gunnar Romney, Isaac Rex. There are weapons around whoever the starting quarterback is going to be for BYU. But that defense loses a number of parts. I, I didn't even mention Kairos Tonga. Yeah. But the, the defense has some serious holes to fill. And whenever you lose your star quarterback, voters are going to say, oh, they don't have Wilson next year. So, nah, they're 11 now, but without Zach Wilson, not a a top 25 team. I still think there's enough – within who does return, that BYU should be receiving votes. I expect BYU to be somewhere between five and ten spots out when that initial AP preseason poll hits in late August. And
2: they are in the others receiving votes in, in a couple of these. So it's not like that they are so far down the line that they have no shot of get. and again, this is not – This is not scientific. This is the way-too-early top 25 preseason. (laughs) But it at least gives you an idea of where people view BYU now. So we've mentioned some of these. ESPN does not have BYU in it, but they do have Coastal Carolina, Louisiana, and Liberty. Uh, Brett McMurphy, no BYU, but has uh, them in his top 40. Uh, He has uh, Liberty at number 25, and shockingly, Utah at 11. And Nobody else has them even close to that. Really? Nobody. Okay. Uh, the, uh, let's see. Sporting news. No BYU, but they have Army and Coastal Carolina. Uh, 24-7 Sports does not have BYU. Athlon, no BYU, but they have them in their next tier. Uh, no BYU for USA Today or Bleacher Report. Look, I, I'm with you. I can understand why they're not in the top 20 in these because they have lost so much. And it's not just – you, you have to – we're around this every day. We know – a lot more about what's going on than the national media does because we're here all the time. So you have to put yourself in the situation of these, these voters who are making these selections and looking from the outside in. And to your point, you're losing your starting quarterback. You're losing your leading receiver. You're losing you know uh, the majority of your offensive line, your most dominant defensive lineman, your vocal leader at linebacker. You know, several corners, corners corners and safeties, you know, and then they also see that your offensive coordinator has moved on, your offensive line coach has moved on. I understand why BYU is not showing up in these polls because people see what BYU has lost, and I I understand why this is the case. It's as simple as
1: this. If you're not Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, or Oklahoma, and you lose your quarterback, Jason – you are going to take the default significant drop. If you're, that's why Coastal Carolina, Louisiana, and Liberty are all in these preseason top 25s. What do they share in common? They're all bringing back their quarterback, Jason. Yep. It's as simple as that. If you were ranked at the end of the season and you bring back your quarterback as a group of five team, Funny how that you're works. probably going to be ranked in the preseason poll. You know, since we're looking ahead, how about we look
2: ahead to the first game? I don't know. A countdown? Hit it! Countdown to the Wildcats!
0: 233! 233.
1: 233 days from BYU against oh, Arizona yeah. in a neutral location, the home of the Las Vegas Raiders, Allegiant Stadium. We're hoping with a full stadium of fans? They're calling it the Death Star, right? That's It looks like the Death Star. Yeah, yeah. It's... 50% capacity? i. Everybody going to get vaccinated
2: by then? <laughs> look, yeah, I mean, look, there's certainly enough time for this to all happen. Whether it does or not, we'll see. Let's go, fans in certainly the stands. Be, uh, let's, let's, let's
1: be power of positive thinking that, yes, full capacity for that game. With the pageantry of college yes. football returning. Yes. Our question of the day, is BYU football earning the number 11 ranking in the final AP poll too high, too low, Or just right. We gave you our opinions. Now we want to hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from Sean Nielsen on Twitter. Slightly too low. It was always an uphill battle. And the coastal loss was the one thing that could not happen. So somewhere between 8 to 10 seems fair. See, it's just one spot for me. I don't think BYU deserves to be ranked higher than Cincinnati and Georgia. Since, I mean, the, the, the Iowa State thing is interesting. That one stings just because Iowa State was as high as number five at one point in the college football playoff. Look, you dumb. can
2: make a case that BYU deserves to be ahead of Northwestern and Iowa State.
1: You can make those cases. A three-loss Iowa State. Yes, a three-loss Iowa State. Team. They lost to Louisiana on their home field. They but lost. I don't, I don't think 11 is so game. egregious that, that no. it's, you know, it's, I can't believe this. I put him at 10. Yeah. Put him at 10. Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram if you want to join that conversation. All right, coming up, if one BYU quarterback legend is good, why not get two? And we found time for, yes, Dennis Pitta. Jerem's not here. Why not bring on the consensus All-American tight end? By the way, is he going to coach high school football with his uh, buddies in Arizona? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us for
2: BYU Basketball with Mark Pope as the coach and Greg Rubel review the game at Gonzaga and then look ahead to the two games this week on the road at St. Mary's and at San Francisco, plus... You can watch features like Deep Blue and Film Room at tonight, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU-TV app.
1: We're doing this show live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, a man who we have made time for today. He is a consensus All-American at BYU in 2009, a Super Bowl champion, all-around good man Dennis Pitta. Joining us again on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Dennis, welcome back to the show. How are you, man?
3: I'm doing great. Better knowing that Jerem is not with us today. If I were him, I would probably have skipped today as well. So,
2: <laughs> once he once he saw that you were on the the guest lineup, he's like, you know what? I'm gonna no. take I'm gonna take am I'm gonna take a me day. That's what he said.
3: <laughs> yeah, smart move. I mean, he he cannot battle me in intellect. I'm a better speaker than him. I I would skip today as well. Like I mentioned. <laughs>
1: All right, Dennis, Uh, we couldn't help but notice uh, the Arizona posse of former BYU football legends gathering together and now coaching high school football. Ty Detmers taking over as the head coach at ALA. Max Hall is the offensive coordinator. Are you on the staff? I mean, I know you've been helping him, but are you officially on that staff?
3: Uh, I am. I don't get paid, so no, I'm not (laughs) technically – on the payroll, but, uh, I, I do work with them and I've been working with Max at ALA for the last two years. I actually made myself special teams coordinator last season. So I give myself self that own title, but, um, I've been coaching wide receivers. He kind of roped me into it a couple years ago. He's been coaching there for, I think six years now. So it, it's been a lot of fun and we just got Ty into the fold. Now Ty was kind of a regional athletic director. I think he still has that title for a lot of the ALA schools out here in Arizona um, but they just brought him on to be our head coach now. So we got a good little staff. It's a lot of fun, and uh, I, I really enjoy working with Max, and it'll be a lot of fun to, to bring Ty into the fold.
1: Did you make yourself the special teams coordinator based on convincing Kalani Sitake to challenge a special teams play a few years ago <laughs> against Arizona?
3: Um, I'm, I'm happy you remember that because we were dead wrong when we were telling <laughs> Kalani to <laughs> To challenge that one, it it did appear from our angle though on the sideline that it hit the opposing team's foot and that we should have challenged it and we were in his ear and he listened to us. I don't know why, but he listened to us and uh, from that moment on I realized, man, I need to, I need to stay out of coaching and stay out of special teams, but. Um, here I am, special teams coordinator for ALA. So let's go.
2: Well, hey, you know what? And if you mix in maybe some offensive line coaching, BYU's looking for an offensive line coach. Maybe you want to throw your hat into that ring.
3: Um, I don't actually. I enjoy a uh, a part time gig in the coaching world. That is a um, that is a full commitment there being the offensive line coach. And listen, I'm a finesse player. I I, uh, I never liked blocking, so I'm, I'm not wanting to put my you know, put my name in the hat there and, and have to hang out with those big, ugly guys all the time.
1: Well, BYU football in 2020, surprisingly, or maybe not, took a lot of credit for not being so finesse. In fact, Jeff Grimes was big on the, uh, what did he call it? The, not the run pass option, but the, the run... RVO. Oh, yeah, the run violent, violent option, option, Dennis. Yes. What would you think of BYU's offensive attack overall in 2020 under Jeff Grimes?
3: Well, it's hard to say anything negative about it. I mean, it was tremendous. And it really started up front. You know, we were just talking about the offensive line, and they were unbelievable this past year. Um, Listen, I am a firm believer that football is won in the trenches. And it's won on the offense and defensive lines. And BYU was tremendous there, especially on the offensive line uh, this past season. I mean, they were knocking people off the ball. And when you can consistently win the line of scrimmage, you're going to win a lot of football games, no matter – who your receivers are, no matter who your running backs are, you're going to be able to move the football. And BYU dominated the offensive line, and that's a big reason for their success.
2: What did you now that you can kind of look back at its entirety? What did you make of the season that Zach Wilson had and the situation that he has put himself in heading into the NFL draft?
3: Yeah, I mean, could you have had a better season? I mean, he went from a guy who we didn't know really where he, where he was going to get drafted or if he was going to get drafted or You know, him in the draft coming out early, that wasn't really a topic of conversation leading into this season. But now, I mean, arguably potentially the number two overall pick. I mean, personally, I I hope he kind of goes a little bit later for his own sake because so much of the NFL is fit and being on the right situation and the right team and all that. And I'm not sure being a part of the Jets at number two right now is his best option. But um, as far as his season went, I mean, he he was – tremendous. And and there's a big reason why he's considered the number two quarterback going into the draft because he's got all the physical tools. I mean, he can throw from any angle. He can um, throw any ball on the field. He's got tremendous arm strength. He's poised. Um, The physical components are there now in the NFL. Like I mentioned, it's a lot about situation and it's a lot about your mental fortitude and what you can do there. And so that's what he'll have to prove when he gets to the next level. Can he mentally handle the NFL game? Because physically he certainly can.
1: Former NFL tight end, BYU All-American, and Super Bowl champion Dennis Pitta with us on BYU Sports Nation. Dennis, the projections for Zach are all over the map. We've seen everything from the Jets at number two to the Falcons at four, Carolina at number eight, San Francisco at number twelve. Maybe there's a team that trades up. In your opinion, where is the best fit for Zach Wilson right now?
3: Well, of those teams you mentioned, I think Carolina's one. Uh, I think you said they're at pick number eight. Uh, that's a great coaching staff. In my opinion, Matt rule has done a really nice job in his first year and they need a quarterback. I know they had Teddy Bridgewater there, which I think would be a great situation for Zach. He could potentially sit and wait in the wings for a year and learn and and really study the game, which I think is so important in today's game. Um, that would be a tremendous fit. And then you look at the 49ers. Um, I don't know if there's a better fit in the entire league than being able to go and play for Shanahan there in, in the 49ers organization. It's a tremendous organization. Uh, it's a perfect offense for any quarterback. I mean, Shanahan was with Matt Ryan. He was the MVP wherever he's gone, Mm. he's been able to, to develop quarterbacks and make them into stars. And so, um, if I were Zach and I was looking at all these teams, I would think Carolina would be a great situation, but I would want to go to the, the 49ers if I could choose, um, a lot of those other teams, the Falcons, the Jets, there's just they're in rebuilding mode. You don't know who their coaching staff's going to be. You don't know who their offensive coordinator's going to be. You just they're just a, in a team, they're in a state of transition, and it makes it really hard on a quarterback to have to try and rebuild and, and do all that. But um, the 49ers have stability. They're a tremendous roster. They just really need to find uh, that last little piece at quarterback. I don't think Garoppolo has really been the answer for them. And I think if he could somehow fall to the 49ers um, or the 49ers could somehow trade up. I think that's the best situation possible.
2: Dennis, let's stay with the NFL conversation. And as somebody who obviously has experienced this and been to the top of the mountain in the NFL, what does it mean to you to see so many former Cougars in the league right now and not just on rosters, but making significant impacts on teams in the playoffs that have legitimate chance to win Super Bowls right now?
3: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's awesome to see. And it's always great when BYU is well represented in the NFL. And listen, I think if you're looking at all the guys this year, um, yeah, you got guys playing in the postseason. but of all those guys, I I look at Fred Warner, Mm. a first team, all pro. I mean, listen, pro bowl is great. But really what matters in the NFL is the all pro designation and to be a first team, all pro means you are the top player at your position. And that is Fred Warner. And so I know Taysom's had a good year in what he's been able to do and, and had some tremendous starts for the Saints. Um, Taki Taki has played really well for the Browns, and they continue to move on in the postseason. Kyle Van Noy had a good season. I, obviously, Daniel Sorensen and the Chiefs will always be in it. Um, but if I'm looking at one specific player for BYU, that's you know an absolute superstar. It's Fred Warner, and he continues to ascend as a player. Um, anyone you talk to in the 49ers organization, I've got a couple of friends on that team, and they just say, from day one, he, he was a leader. He was a tremendous player. And rightfully so, he's a first-team All-Pro, which is a big, big deal in the NFL.
1: Dennis Pitta with us on BYU Sports Nation, former NFL tight end. Let's talk about that position group at BYU because we all kind of held our breath once Matt Bushman went down with the unfortunate Achilles injury and looked at a very young core this year wondering, okay, what kind of production is BYU going to get from the tight end position? Uh, let's talk about both ends of that spectrum. First, Matt Bushman, uh, coming off that injury with his NFL aspirations, what do you think his shot of making it the NFL is right now?
3: Well, I think he's got a good shot. Um, it, it's so unfortunate what happened to Matt. And, and I know Matt well, and I've, I've stayed in close contact with him throughout uh, his career at BYU. And he's such a good guy and a good player and uh, has so much upside. It, it's heartbreaking to watch injuries like that. And I know all too well how injuries can de- derail your career. Um, fortunately for him, it happened early where he can kind of rehab and get back and be ready to go for for all the off season stuff that he's got to deal with leading up to the draft process. And, and listen, whether he gets drafted or not, I think he's going to get an opportunity and, uh, he's going to be in a camp somewhere and he's going to get a chance to really show what he's capable of. And that's all that matters in this league. Listen, getting drafted is great and all, but there are so many guys in the, in the league that were undrafted. There's so many guys in the league that came from small schools. When you get to the NFL, they don't care where you came from, how you got there. They care about how do you play right now? Can you help us? Can you contribute? And I think Matt Bushman's got a tremendous shot at making a roster at being able to contribute on a team. He's got skills that translate to the next level. He can catch the ball in traffic. He can high point the ball. He's got strong hands. He's a good route runner. Um, who cares about blocking? I didn't block anyways. I mean, <laughs> nobody cares about that. There's guys in the NFL that will block. You just need to catch the ball. And if you can do that and be a mismatch and be able to go and high point the ball and make terrific catches, and listen, it starts in practice. You've got to be able to do this stuff in practice. If you, can, if you can make great plays in practice, like he's capable of doing, he'll make a roster.
2: What about Isaac Rex? Dennis, he had a fantastic freshman season and was – so sure-handed, and you could always count on him. What did you make of his season? It, it, just a freshman going into his sophomore year. How good can this guy be?
3: Yeah, it was okay. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> his twelve touchdowns. Is, is that good? That's good. <laughs> that is okay. Um, listen, Isaac Rex had an unbelievable. I mean, he's a freshman freshman right 12 touchdowns I never had I never sniffed double digit touchdowns in my career and in any given season and he's got 12 as a freshman so um, what a you can't say more about the season that he had it was an unbelievable season Um, he's an incredibly sure-handed receiver we talked about being able to go up and make a tough catch and high point the ball Uh, he's got that he he's such a young player I mean there's so much room for development and improvement in his game Uh, but the things that you can't teach a player, the ability to just be able to go up and make a play, um, to be a threat in the red zone. I mean, he's a huge target. And when you're a big target and you can go up and make catches, I mean, that's a big deal. And uh, you saw his his value in the red zone and, and the trust that he developed with Zach Wilson. Now, you have to keep in mind, there's a really good tight end coming off his mission, Austin Holker, who had a tremendous freshman season as well before he left. And uh, I remember talking with Coach Grimes prior to their season when Austin was a freshman, and they were raving about this kid. They thought he was unbelievable. Yeah. So now you're going to have Isaac Rex, who just scored 12 touchdowns this past season. And then you add Austin Holker to the mix, a guy that's probably a little bit um, speedier of a, of a tight end, a, a probably shiftier, faster route runner and you add those two together and you have a double whammy at tight end and you have a really good combination and uh that's what I'm excited to see is how they're going to be able to utilize both those guys and listen there's still a lot of talented tight ends in that room um i mean shoot you got Bentley Hanshaw a guy from from my old high school more yes. park high school you know hopefully he he can break through there's a, there's a lot of talent in that group and uh it's just going to be exciting to see how they're able to utilize all those guys because, because they have different strengths and weaknesses. I mean, you have a guy who in in Isaac Rex, who can be a giant mismatch in the red zone. um, And then other guys who can do so much stuff in the open field. And it's going to be exciting to see how they um, unroll and unleash all these different guys in a variety of roles. I think the tight end position over the next three or four years is going to be a huge position of strength, which, you know, before Matt Bushman, they didn't really have. And uh, now you've got really two guys, maybe three, who knows, maybe more that can really contribute and really be factors down the field.
1: Doesn't hurt that your boy Holker wears number 32, right?
3: <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Probably a big Jimmer fan, but you know, nonetheless, you know, he, happy to see 32 well-represented on the field.
1: Yes. Uh, he, he's the real Greatest everywhere, number 32. Dennis Pettit with us on BYU Sports Station. (laughs) Congratulations on your Baltimore Ravens winning and uh, Lamar Jackson getting to the second round of the playoffs as well, man.
3: Yeah, it was time. It was time. Lamar Jackson was 0-2 in the playoffs. It was a big game for him. He finally got over the hump. And uh, now they're on to the Buffalo Bills, which will be a a, uh, very difficult test for them. But. I'll be out there. I'm traveling out to the game, so I'll uh, witness it firsthand, and hopefully they can come away with another win and get the an AFC championship game. All
1: right, brother. Safe travels. Yeah, dress warm. Hopefully you're in uh, a heated room. Is it cold there? <laughs> Maybe a little chilly there, Dennis.
3: Okay. I appreciate the advice. A
1: little colder than Arizona. All right, give our best to Ty and Max as well, man. Thanks so much for the time.
3: I will. Do not say hello to Jerem from me, but I appreciate it, guys.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. We will not do that. Dennis Pitta with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. He's the best. He is the best. Titans coach
2: Steve Clark's like, please, you have to block. We really do need you to block, though. (laughs) Coming up, Caleb Lohner on basketball and swag. (laughs) Please do not say hello to Jerem for me. (laughs)
1: <laughs> also, after last night, um, did you really want BYU to have Bama in the season over of 2020? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. As a new semester begins, hopefully everyone's taking geography.
2: We'll see what our Cougs have been up to over the break on the latest BYUSN right now. You can check it
1: out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. He is Jason, I am Spencer, and yes, this is BYU Sports Nation. So, um,
2: yeah, BYU, uh, we're going to go, you know how I said west of the Mississippi? Uh-huh, uh-huh. We're going to go with west of the jordan L Reservoir. <laughs> um, Best team in college football west of jordan Reservoir? Yeah, because Reservoir? we made uh, that a Yeah, 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 yeah. West and of the Green River. Yes, Come on, man. yes. Look, all you need to know is, They were higher than any other Pac-12 school. (laughs) That's all that matters. There you go. That's –
1: I knew that was coming. No geography needed for that. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Ramp presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. (laughs) All right, after seeing what Alabama did to Ohio State,
2: uh, do you still wish BYU had been able to schedule that game against the Crimson Tide for game one of the year?
1: I'm kind of happy that things worked out the way that they did. Yeah. Dominating Navy on ESPN, Monday night college football before the NFL season had started. There was a bigger audience, a growing interest, kind of this mystery around what BYU and Navy were going to do, that the game was actually going to happen. I'm glad it worked out the way it did because, no, I I don't want to open the season with a 28-point loss to Alabama. Look, if you get an opportunity to play Alabama, you
2: always say yes. Fun. But... None of what we saw this year would have been possible had that game happened and BYU lost. It, 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 this season isn't this season
1: that exactly, we know. Exactly. If you have that game. So I'm glad it didn't happen. BYU finishes as the top ranked team west of Texas mm-hmm. again. Interesting how we're going with the geography <laughs> question. Not the Mississippi. Sticking it to me. I see. Third highest ranked team west of the Mississippi, yes. for the record. Jason, are the Cougars the best team in the true West? Well, according to the rankings, they are. So I'm going to go with the stats, people. Number 11? Yeah. Ten spots higher than USC? Higher than the only other Western team in the top 25, San Jose State? Uh, yeah, clearly BYU in 2020 is and was the best team in the West. Now, wouldn't it be something if the Cougars could be in that conversation in 2021 as well? Against a much more difficult schedule, against some of the perceived top teams in the West. And if
2: they're in the same uh, conversations next year that they were this year with next year's schedule then we probably aren't going to have to be worrying about whether or not BYU gets into a New Year's Six.
1: No, no. BYU's (laughs) got Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, USC, to name a few, in the West.
2: All right, BYU finds themselves as the fourth team out of the latest ESPN Bracketology by one Joseph Linardi. Let's dust off the same question that we asked yesterday. Too early to be
1: concerned? Yes, it's too early to be concerned because BYU is going to play St. Mary's on Thursday. BYU has another resume builder game like 48 hours from now. So if BYU wins that game, all of a sudden, I think they're back in, in Mr. Leonardi's bracketology. And BYU's got another big game on the road at San Francisco. If BYU Gulp wins both of the games on the road this week against St. Mary's and San Francisco, Jason and I feel like they are in a great position to finish second in the regular season of the West Coast Conference. And be almost a lock for at-large consideration.
2: Yes, it is too early to be concerned. I think you've got another two weeks. When you get towards the end of January, you start to get into February, that's when this stuff really starts to count. That's when people start paying a lot more attention than maybe they were earlier. So, yeah, it's, it's too early right now.
1: American leadership Queens Creek Academy in Phoenix has hired former BYU Heisman Trophy winner Ty Detmer as their new head coach. Detmer is retaining Max Hall as offensive coordinator. We learned from Dennis Pitta that he is an unpaid special teams coordinator. <laughs> so which other former BYU player do you want to add to that staff, Jason? Ooh, um, you know who? And and I believe
2: he he's lives in the Phoenix area. Oh. Jim McMahon. Oh wow. Jim McMahon is like a the quarterback's coach to help I out Max Hall's outfit. I don't, I don't care what he does. Just having Jim McMahon on the staff with Ty Detmer, Max
1: Hall, and Dennis Pitta, can you imagine yeah, that's how, a lot how of good fun. that offense would be? That's a lot of fun. I'm trying to think of just big, fun personalities because you've already got three on the staff. <laughs> so who else? BYU needs a, a Polynesian injection of fun down there somehow, right? So, uh, I don't know. Could Jack DeMooney take a break and go down there and and be the hype man for that team for a few months out of the year? I'd love to see Jack DeMooney on that staff. Let's go.
2: Let's let's do it. All right, coming up, Top 5 Tuesday. Dives into the top five interceptions in BYU history.
1: Plus, the swag master of BYU basketball, Caleb Lohner, previews BYU's rivalry showdown with St. Mary's. Does he know of the hatred for the Gales? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: Moraga is west of the Mississippi. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU
2: hoops back on the road on Thursday at St. Mary's. Listen to the game on BYU Radio. Coverage begins 10 p.m. Eastern with Cougar pregame live. I'll be your host along with Mark Durant, Greg Rubel, also on the broadcast, of course, giving you the play-by-play. The game tips At 11 Eastern on
1: BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station live from Studio B. Let's get to the preview of a rivalry showdown between the Cougars and Gales and do so as we had an opportunity to speak recently with Caleb Lohner, the swag master of BYU basketball. He joined us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Caleb, your fashion sense has received a lot of attention. Understandably so. Have you solidified yourself, even as a freshman, as this BYU basketball team's fashion guru?
4: Um, I mean, I think so, a little bit. <laughs> um, not on purpose, but I mean, that's just kind of what I do and what I wear. Like, I, I enjoy dressing up in certain ways, and yeah, it's been fun. How would you
2: describe your fashion style? Someone says, what's your style? How would you say? What would you say?
4: Um, I kind of like, like the older sense of fashion. And when I say that, I mean, like, 90s grunge, hip-hop. I like baggy clothes, um, cool, like, graphic tees, um, band T-shirts. Um, I love hats. But I kind of just throw anything together and wear it, Um, like any cool color combination with a cool pair of shoes, anything that looks good. Um, But I would say it's pretty sporadic. I'm kind of all over the place, but I do enjoy wearing cool stuff.
1: We can get on board for that, and your Nirvana T-shirt is certainly doubling down on your fashion sense right now. Caleb Lohner is with us on BYU Sports Nation. BYU basketball under Mark Pope has never lost back-to-back games. Of course, you're coming off a significant loss to Gonzaga. You're at St. Mary's, then at San Francisco. What would you learn about your team in that tough Gonzaga game?
4: Um, You know, I was really proud of our guys. Now we just kept fighting. I think we started off the wrong way. Um, There were certain things we could have done better. Like, we've been over all of it. All of us know, like, what we need to do. But I would say I think, if anything, A lot of the times when you lose big games like that, your team can kind of pull apart. And I've been really proud of the way we've kind of come together. We've been going over things, watching film, fixing stuff in practice, and we'll be ready to go on Thursday.
2: You know, outside, Caleb, of the the first couple of minutes, you guys had some stretches where you played really, really well. What are some things that you can build off of in that game during those stretches moving forward?
4: Um. I think what we realize is sticking to what we do and what we practice and our basic principles is how we are a good team. And so I think there's a few times in the game we kind of went away from some of that, Um, started kind of trying to do our own thing maybe. But I think what we learned and what we understand is if we stick with what we do, um, what we know how to do and what we're familiar with and how we play BYU basketball, then we're going to be all right.
1: Caleb, on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you that you are going to play two games this week based on what's happened uh, early in the West Coast Conference campaign?
4: Uh, I mean, I'm I'm pretty confident. (laughs) But again, we just have no idea, which sucks. But it's just part of this uh, game this year and how COVID's affected basketball. But we're going to be ready no matter what and keep having fun and keep playing this game. You know, I was actually talking with Coach mm-hmm. Fieger about that very thing
2: before the Gonzaga game. And and I'm curious, as a player, take me through what that's like because all you can do is prepare for the games. You can't control whether uh, or not they're played or not. So in terms of the preparation, yeah. I've got to imagine it, that part doesn't change. But what's it like to live through this where sometimes you're in the middle of a flight and you find out that
4: you're not going to be able to play? What's that like to go through? It's weird, honestly. Like... We were, yeah, we were on a plane. Coach got a phone call, and we turned around. Like, you would never, ever expect that. But, again, it's just part of it. We spent last week preparing uh, and a week before preparing for two games that both got canceled. We spent four or five days preparing for one game, and then a few days after that preparing for the next game. They ended up both getting canceled, and we had to kind of switch our minds and move on. How much of
1: a rust factor was involved when you took the floor finally against Gonzaga?
4: Um, I think maybe a little bit. Like, we hadn't played since, I think, the 22nd. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that's just something that we got to figure out how to adapt to because it could happen again. We don't know. It's just kind of how things are. And so, yeah. Yeah.
2: What's been the focus this week as you guys prepare for a big road game at Moraga against St. Mary's?
4: Um, Just doing what we do, playing BYU basketball, moving the ball, rebounding, playing defense, kind of all the principles that we've, um, that we go over all year, kind of the core of what we call BYU basketball. And so, like, we've been watching film. We've been practicing. It's been really competitive. We've been going against each other, and it's been really good. I think we're going to be ready for these games.
1: Have your teammates explained to you the discord and dislike that BYU basketball fans have for St. Mary's?
4: <laughs> yeah, they have. Uh, so this will be a fun game. <laughs>
1: Caleb, it's great to talk with you, man. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for the games against St. Mary's in San Francisco. Keep it up with the fashion sense, too, brother.
4: Appreciate it.
1: Caleb Lohner on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Coming up, we both roll... With our rising shout-outs. Ah, yes. A little play on words there. In honor of Sione Takitaki's game-clinching interception for Cleveland in the NFL playoffs, we give you the five biggest interceptions in BYU football history next. Stay with us. This segment of BYU Sports
0: Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation's Rising Shoutout Shout Out is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward.
1: BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or you can download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Don't forget while you're there.
2: Subscribe, rate, and review the show.
1: You've waited long enough. It's time for Top 5 Tuesday, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Following Sione Takitaki's interception to CLA win for the Cleveland Browns, playoff road victory, their first since the 1960s. We look back at the top five biggest interceptions in BYU history. Number five, we go back all the way to
2: 2019. Diane Gawaleku intercepting Trojan quarterback Keaton Slovis to end the game. Third and six in OT. BYU wins 30-27 to 27 over number 24 USC. BYU Big better win. than
1: the Trojans in 2019 and 2020. Number four, 1990. Top-ranked Miami at BYU. Six minutes left in the game. Irvin Lee intercepts heralded quarterback Craig Erickson in the end zone to preserve a 28-21 BYU lead against number one Miami. Huge play and arguably the best win in Cougar football history. Number three, back in
2: 2015, Kai Nakua intercepts Ryan Finley and returns it 50 yards for a touchdown. The touchdown puts BYU up 35-24 With 30 seconds left to beat number 20,
1: Boise State. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that crowd, too. Incredible. Number two, 2001, the rivalry. Gernaro Guilford, current cornerback's coach at BYU. Hey, do Uh, that, guys. Picks off Lance Rice of Utah at the BYU 20-yard line to seal the win over the Utes at the time, preserving a perfect BYU season. Give me that. Which
2: brings us to number one, the 1997 Cotton Bowl. You know we're talking about. Omar Morgan intercepts Brian Kavanaugh on the BYU three-yard line to seal the deal. One minute left. BYU leads 19-15. K-State on the BYU 12-yard line. The interception seals the victory. Cougars take down number
1: 14, Kansas State. Number one's got to feel like number one. I love the call. Also, the story about Ed Keel recognizing the cadence and the audible at the line and turning around to Omar Morgan and saying, they're going to run a quick slant. Gave him the heads up. Sealed the win for BYU. Very cool. Such a great
2: win for BYU.
1: Our question of the day. Is BYU being ranked number 11 in the final AP poll? Too high, too low, or just right? What do you think? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Caleb Cooper on Instagram. Takes a deep breath while looking in the mirror and slowly takes off the blue goggles and says, it's perfect. Okay, number 11. I'm only one spot higher. I'm, I'm a little bugged because I want to be in the top 10. Yeah. But it's pretty close.
2: Yeah, it, I certainly believe BYU has a case for 10, but I, I'm not going to gripe too much about being number 11. Sure.
1: Today's rise and shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. Mine goes to Alabama's Jalen Waddell. It looked painful
2: last night to watch him walk on the on the field coming off the ankle injury. I know a lot of NFL players were like, "Get off the field!" I hope he's okay. You don't need to play. Just the fact that he wanted to play was that important to him. Gets my right
1: and shout out. Mine goes to Landon Dickerson, the Alabama center who blew out his knee in the SEC, or sorry, in the uh, first college football play game, What's the SEC title game. Regardless, he carried Nick Saban off the field after snapping the final play. So cool. Our thanks to today's guest, Dennis Pitt and Caleb Lohner. Conversation continues 24-7. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Go Kuz.